Iguodala, and here it comes. He got it. The Warriors have won on a game-winning shot by Andre Iguodala. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. A spit screen. Hoji will defend. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Gasol says, hey, pass a big ticket. T.C. Martin. Oh, here comes the Birdman. Flapping his wings and soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things with that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now in. Unos, dos, tres. Ole. Ole. Yes, it is a wild, wild Wednesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Glad to have you with us here on this Wednesday edition, jam-packed show again, as we are talking a little NBA today with our good friend Olden Polonese. Oh, yeah. We'll talk a little March Madness with him as well, too. And on the sportsbook side, Chuck Esposito will join us out at Red Rock. Always good times there. And Sam Gordon will join us as well, too, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Sam, covering all of the madness. Got a chance to see Sam at the WCC tournament the other night, making his way around. And I know he's hanging out at the Thomas & Mack Center as we speak right now as the Mountain West Conference is underway. So, yes, the madness is upon us, as we well know and well love. All right. All that and a whole lot more coming your way today. My man Nick Nice is back in the building again on the other side of the proverbial glass. Uh, good to see you again here, my friend. This, this has become a ritual now. <laughs> someone actually uh, posted on Facebook because I posted the face uh, the, the picture yesterday, and yeah. someone reminded us reminded me about our days at the Palms. That's right. I, I forgot. I actually kind of forgot about that. It's How been a while. You forget about that. Well, I didn't forget. It's just something you don't think about, you yeah. know, okay. until someone reminds you. So I was, I was like, oh yeah, back in the day when I had to lug all the equipment in and yeah. all that good stuff, yeah. free food. That was yeah. good. That was <laughs> the emphasis on the free food there. there well, back back in those days, everything you know, free, 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 free. <laughs> Yeah, we, we know how that rolls, no doubt. All right, so my man Nick Nice is in the house. Good to be back. Taking care of business here, uh, as usual. Just uh, And for those that uh, that know or don't know, uh, my tag team partner from way back in the day, but uh, still a very active part of this show and has been for uh, a long, long time. So all those show opens and these rejoiners, that's the, that's the magic hands of Nick Nice. You know, not Grandmaster Flash. But uh, Nick Nice, there you go. But uh, yeah, glad to, glad to have you always uh, back here, my friend. All right, so we got a lot to hit on today uh, with the UNLV is actually in action against Air Force right now at the Thomas and Mack Center as the um, Mount West Conference is underway. Got a chance to pop into the Mount West uh, Conference uh, tournament at the Thomas and Mack Center a little bit earlier on uh, today, but uh, fans were rolling in, getting ready to see UNLV. Of course, they have the early afternoon game today at 1.30 where they're playing Air Force. It's the battle of the 7 and the 10 seeds. UNLV a 7 seed. And I know that a lot of fans are not happy with that. And, you know, when this UNLV team opened the season 10-0, and rolling off those 10 non-conference wins, I think there were a lot of fans that said, okay, this is going to be uh, a great season. But as things kind of went into the conference slate once the calendar turned into January. We saw UNLV with uh, 
let's just call it some inexcusable losses. They opened the season against San Jose State, who in San Jose State has been a doormat for many, many years. But Tim Miles came over from Nebraska, uh, brought some players with him, and that team has really performed well, uh, seated ahead of UNLV in this Mountain West Conference tournament. So UNLV has a Wednesday afternoon game, and we have seen that under the past regimes with when Marvin Menzies was here and TJ Otzelberger, and now Kevin Kruger in his second season, things were looking great. But they closed the season with a nice victory against UNR on the road, need overtime to do it. So there are some high hopes you know, coming into this Mountain West Conference tournament. But now with a seven seed, uh, it's going to be an uphill climb. So they have the Wednesday afternoon game. You never want to be put in that position. They are playing an Air Force team that you figure UNLV can beat. However, this Air Force team is very similar to the San Jose State team where you have uh, two teams that are really on the rise in the Mountain West Conference. Air Force is, you know, play much better, usually a doormat. And like we mentioned, San Jose State. So UNLV had their hands full when they played Air Force last week and came away with a 54-53 one-point victory where it was an E.J. Harkless putback at the buzzer, basically, that uh, got them the victory. So we'll see what happens this afternoon at the Thomas and Mack Center. Hopefully UNLV advances, and then they will get to the quarterfinals. If they win this game this afternoon, that means that UNLV will play Boise State tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. So they would make it to the quarterfinals. And when we say make it to the quarterfinals, I mean, that's... You know, that's not what UNLV fans want to hear. And there's probably a small portion of fans that are out there saying, well, hey, you know, Kevin Kruger knows what he's doing. Is it, you know, should they make a change? No, no, you don't make a change. You, you, you've invested in this man, invested time, and you knew going into it that this is going to be, uh, a real building project. That's what it is. You can't handle the truth. That's what it is. I mean, you have to realize that UNLV is a rebuilding project. And Kevin Kruger is doing some pretty good things. Okay. It's a whole different world now with the transfer portal. We're getting, you know, kids from all over the place, but it takes time with, with continuity. And like I've said before, when you have teams like San Diego State and Boise State and Utah State, these are veteran teams that really don't dig too deep into the portal. You'll have, you know, every team's going to have kids coming from different programs. But if you have a coaching staff that's been in place for a long time, like San Diego State, like Boise State, Utah State made a coaching change. But again, majority of their team was back. These guys play like they have played together in the past. And those three teams are tough. Very good possibility that all three of those teams will go to the NCAA tournament. But that's what UNLV needs to build on. So yeah, Kevin Kruger definitely needs some time to uh, put this thing together. I know sometimes there's some false hope, especially when teams jump off to a a good start. You win your first 10 games, you're thinking, "Wow, here we go." Now all of a sudden, you know, you end up with a you know, 18 and 12 record and you lose, you know, you know, twelve of your, out of out of your last, you know, what, what thirty games. You're thinking like, wow, maybe this isn't going the right direction. New Mexico is another team in conference that um, you have. You know, Richard Pitino comes over from Minnesota. You know, early on, uh, 
New Mexico look like, wow, they're the real deal. Uh, they slid probably worse than UNLV during the course of the second half of the Mountain West Conference uh, slate. So give Kevin Kruger some time, all right? One game at a time. You hear him on the show every week. He's he's preaching, you know, we've got a good chemistry here. We've had some bad breaks. And they did get a little bit of a bad break with their second-leading scorer, Keyshawn Gilbert, not being able to play today because he got ejected in that game in Reno um, on the over the weekend. So it's a one-game suspension by the Mountain West Conference. Uh, if UNLV wins today, then uh, Keyshawn Gilbert will be able to play in the quarterfinal game against Boise State. So that's what's happened in the Thomas and Mack Center. Um, the schedule for the rest of the day, you've got New Mexico, a sixth seed, taking on Wyoming, the 11th seed. That game will be at 4 o'clock today, and that is it for the opening round uh, action there. Uh, earlier today, you had uh, Fresno State and Colorado State playing each other in the battle of the 8-9 seeds uh, in that game. And that game was won by Colorado State, went down to the wire, 67-65. So the Rams advance over Fresno State. Fresno State, a very, very disappointing season this year, 11-19 for Fresno State. Uh, Colorado State, not much better at 14-17. and But, you know, you look at the bottom half of this Mountain West bracket, I mean, it's it's not good. I fully expect the winner of the Mountain West tournament to be those top three seeds, whether it's going to be San Diego State, Boise State, or Utah State. Uh, you're, you're going to see two of those three teams facing off Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock in the championship game. But uh, hopefully UNLV can at least get a victory today. Uh, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's uh, you know They're midway through the first half right now, 16-14 UNLV. So... Uh, it's going to be one of those type of games, just like we said, uh, you know, the 54-53 game that they had uh, last week. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, the Pac-12 is underway at T-Mobile Arena. Again, March Madness, you got to love it here in Las Vegas because you've got so many different tournaments. you got the five tournaments, uh, you know, going on. He just recently concluded WCC Championship where Gonzaga blasted St. Mary's last night. And I know that my phone was blowing up because I was doing the play-by-play with the Big West at the Dollar Loan Center last night. And to see what happened in that game where Gonzaga jumped out to a 37-19 lead at the half and continued to put it on St. Mary's last night. 77-51 was the final. Uh, For St. Mary's to only get 51 points, for a team that beat Gonzaga earlier this year, and then when they played two weeks ago in the final regular season game of the WCC, uh, Gonzaga beat St. Mary's up in Spokane for a little revenge, uh, but it was a single-digit victory, a nine-point victory. I don't think anybody saw that coming last night at the Orleans Arena. 77-51 where the Zags beat the Gales. And uh, St. Mary's now will will still go into the NCAA tournament. But maybe not as a high seed as they wanted or they expected. But when you get blown out on national TV like that to Gonzaga, uh, that's going to notch, you know, notch you down a little bit. No question about that. So, uh, but Gonzaga thoroughly dominated the Gales last night. They shot 58% from the field. They were eight for 14 from beyond the three point arc, uh, out rebounded Gonzaga 32 to 25 and just dominated them in the paint as well, too. But St. Mary's could not get it going at all last night. So the WCC is over. Gonzaga wins the conference championship again, get the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. 
And then, uh, like we said, the rest of uh, this week, we've got the Mountain West at the Thomas and Mac. You got the Pac 12 over at uh, T Mobile Arena and the Big West over at the Dollar Loan Center. And get out to these tournaments. You're usually going to see quality college basketball at all of these sites. And, you know, all of this is just a appetizer, as I like to say, to what we're going to get here in a couple of weeks. And for people that don't realize this, that Las Vegas is hosting the West Regional Final. And so better known as the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight coming up on March the 23rd and the 25th. Uh, then the winners, uh, the winner from there, obviously will go to the final four in Houston the following week. But it's been a long time coming for Las Vegas to get an NCAA, you know, uh, regional or an opening round game. And they didn't even mess around with the opening round. They went right and, and got a regional. Uh, and it's about time because if you, if Las Vegas is good enough, to host these conference tournaments, if Las Vegas is good enough to host the you know CBS Sports Classic and you know these other tournaments that they have, the Continental Tires Tournament, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you know when you bring in teams like you know Arizona or Michigan and UCLA and UNLV plays in a lot of these you know weekend tournament type of games, certainly it's it's good enough to host an NCAA West region. And that's what we're getting coming up on the 23rd and the 25th. So yes, this is fantastic news. Yes, we're getting the Super Bowl. We're going to be getting the final four in the very near future. This is now the sports and entertainment capital of the world. But, uh, kudos for the NCA because a long time ago, as you know, they, they weren't going to even let conference tournaments, you know, happen here besides the conference tournament that UNLV was in in the Mountain West Conference. But uh, the Pac-12 came, uh, you know, the WCC, and now we're getting the NCAA regional final. So looking forward to that. I know you're talking about basketball, mm-hmm. but you said if this place is good enough for all these events. I mean, come on, we're getting the upper crust echelon 1% here next, next what, year, November, yeah. the F1? Yes. And they're talking insane amounts of money. So. If we can host something like that, if we can do all these other things. I mean, Vegas has been known for hosting 250,000 people during New Year's on a regular. So, I mean, this this town is more than capable of of, of hosting an event. As you know, we, we've been through this, you know, when the Golden Knights first, you know, came here, you know, in, in 2017, 2018, that as like, okay, the gambling issue, well, that has gone by the wayside. It has gone by the wayside so much so that now we're seeing those leagues, the NHL, uh, specifically the, NF, the NFL, the NBA, partnering with it's uh, so crazy. Gaming entity, entities. It's so crazy. It is so crazy. But again, yes, the population has something to do with it. Vegas, obviously, a growing community. But then, you know, the Golden Knights, the success uh, that you've had there, and you've had no integrity gaming issues uh, on any side of anything in regards to Vegas, whether it's college basketball, whether it's the NFL since the Raiders have been here, the Aces and the WNBA. So it just seemed like, okay, once that wall is broken, mm-hmm. okay, boom, you know, now everything. And would you have gotten Formula One uh, right. seven, eight years ago? Probably not, right? No, no. So the NHL. The WNBA, potential MLB. Yeah. And potential MLB. I mean, that's just a matter of time. And 
you know, then of course the NBA. You now know they, why? It's because everybody's smoking all this cannabis here in town. So now it's all legal. Everything's crazy. Everything's open. Everything's right? exactly. crazy in this town. That's it. You know, it's crazy. You know, you can bet on sports at will. You can <laughs> you can get high as at will. I mean, it, whatever. I mean, it, the fact that this town seriously used to be. Um, uh, what was it? Sacrilegious almost to mention Las Vegas in the Super Bowl commercials. We couldn't even do that. Yes. We couldn't even be mentioned in the same kind of sentence or even remote thought. And so the fact that Vegas is now, uh, you know, the epitome, you see Jamie Foxx commercials on TV talking about, should I, should I fade this team or should I take them? And it's like, wow, how far have we come? This city is <laughs> but, just. But here's what we still need to have. Okay. We need to educate Jamie Foxx on the proper terminology on how to bet mm. because that does drive me nuts as well. I, I, if, if you put the word fade in front of him, I mean, he's going to start busting out a razor and cutting his hair. I mean, that's what he thinks about. You know what I'm saying? Dude, and Wanda, then, Wanda from In Living Color. Hey. And then you got my, my guy, J.B. Smoove, who I love, okay? And he's doing the Caesars commercial because he's Caesar, you know. Jamie Smoove? J.B. Smoove. J.B. Smoove. J.B. Smoove. Oh. Mm. Come on, curb your enthusiasm. Leon, my man. I've never watched that show. Uh, you know how uncultured I am. You are uncultured. Just because you're, you're one of those guys that, no, I don't want to get HBO. That's what it is. That's why you're uncultured. So here's the thing. You don't I, want to spend that I, money. I, I, no, I have you're HBO like, Max. You're like, you're like the patch over your head. You're the pirate guy. <laughs> you and Nubchuck are the kings of the pirate. Actually, no, no. I just don't want to dedicate my time. It's one of those things where I can't dedicate time to a show. I've, you know how many shows I've dedicated uh, my time to? You can't Like do basically it. one, uh, yeah. Breaking Bad. That was it. And I've watched that two or three times. Yeah. But see, you talk about all these shows. I, I basically, when I become old, er, and I, I'm bedridden, hopefully if that never happens. <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, COVID was a great example of this. COVID was a great year. Uh, not a great year. Sorry. It was a great example of this because that year you had nothing to do except sit at home and watch stuff, right? So true. I had actually burned a whole bunch of movies from Redbox back in the day that I never watched. So I had all these movies that I never watched, and, and COVID was a perfect year for that. So right now I have all these series like Sopranos, The Wire, um, whatever you just just mentioned. Curb your enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm. Entourage. How about that? All these there you go. shows and series that I have Ray yet Donovan. to watch. How about that? Exactly. One? There you go. You know, so Dexter actually did, did watch that one a little bit. De- is he you, that drug? That drug. The drug, bottom drug line on, is what, is what you're not saying. Yeah. that I'm going to say because I've known you for such a long time. You got commitment issues, brother. I, That's it. You can't commit to, certain to a things, show. To certain you, things. You can't commit to a show. You certain, can't do it. Right. To certain things. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I know how you are with that. Uh, speaking of, of this, and we've talked I wanted about- to hear what this one sounded like. No. Yeah, there you go. I don't know why I just had to play that there. I heard that Mario die. You, you, really, you really didn't have to well, play that. Well, I'm just trying to figure out all Numchuck's uh, stuff uh, set up over here. So I'm like, uh, I had to hear what that one sounded like. I forgot. Yeah. So you experiment on the air. There you go. The show. There you go. You, know, you could put that in queue. You know, <laughs> Can I? It, well, maybe not here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on. I'm a show killer. Thanks for hijacking. Who was show, show killer back in the day? Who, who, who used to call somebody show killer? Yeah, who was show killer? I can't remember. That, yeah. That's me now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were talking about was, gambling. We were talking about gambling, and I know you yeah. wanted to talk about Ridley. I did. I did want to talk about that. Yeah. So you see the breaking news sounder there? You know that? You know how we do that there? Oh, look at that. There you go. That's Nick Nice on the breaking news sounder. Calvin Ridley, all right, uh, is in a little bit of trouble, has been in trouble with the NFL. Said he gambled on football during a period when he was depressed and angry. That's usually when I do it. And called it stupid and the worst mistake of his life. All right. Ridley said that he was not in a good place after leaving the Atlanta Falcons to concentrate on his mental health when he downloaded a gambling app. Well, they make it so easy now. Okay. So 
you're a little distraught. You're injured. Okay. Away from the game for a little bit. What am I going to do with my time? Gamble. Yeah. Let me, let me, what's this app? Oh, I can bet on football games. You know what? I'm a football player. Heck, I know these teams. Right. Let me check this out. Oh, how do I bet, by the way? And, and, I, and I've told the story many times before, you know, that most athletes, and we'll just keep this at football, okay? All those years that I was in the Packers locker room, these guys had no clue about betting on sports. And, you know, they have the big sign on the door in the locker room that says, you know, you gambling is forbidden. You know, you can't do it, this and that. Dude, I used to ask these guys about point spreads. They looked at me like I had three heads. Seriously, they have no idea about gambling. So for people to think that, like, oh, this, this, this quarterback or this team, they're throwing a game, whatever. You know, in this generation, you know, I'd say your generation, but you're a little bit older now. But uh, they play video games. These yeah. these NFL players sit there and they play video games in their spare time. They're not betting. They're really not even going to casinos to bet craps or blackjack or that sort of thing. They're just not into it. When they come to Vegas or they go to a gambling state, you know what they're doing? Going to the club. There you go. Exactly. They're going to the club. Going to eat. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Maybe see a show, but it's it's more times than not, it's a concert. Oh, I know but it's shows the they're seeing. It, yeah, it's the clubs, you know, plain and simple. So a little surprising that Ridley, you know, dove into this. So Well, you know, I if, I'm not saying he's he's full of it because the few times that I do go gamble, I've been here for so many well, a couple decades now. And mm. you know, I, I moved here when I was twenty, so I told myself, you know, don't become a gamble person, an out an addict or something like oh, yeah. that. So I do it very sparingly. But the few times I have is when I got into an argument with the woman, you know, you leave the house, you're all distraught. <laughs> the woman. He says the woman. Yeah. So, you know, you take your $500 or $200 or $100, 60 bucks, whatever. You're going to go, you're going to go fire is what you're saying. Uh, She made me mad. That's it. I'm going to go, uh, I'm I'm going to go get a bottle and, uh, I'm going to go fire. I'm going to, I'm going to take my suburban payment and go gamble it instead of paying the suburban. Well, it's better than, I guess, you know, taking a bottle and trying to find a dice game on the streets. Oh, I don't know. That takes me back to my freshman year. Yeah. So back to Calvin Ridley. He said he was not in a good place after leaving the Falcons to concentrate on his mental health when he downloaded the gambling app. He said he deposited 1500 bucks. He bet on NBA and NFL games. And cl- use his name, right? Including and, yeah. the Falcons. <laughs> now, but the fact d- that he used his name, too. I know. That's true. Well... I mean, if you're going to do an app, I mean, you really have to use your name because yeah. you got to prove. I know, but the fact that you didn't have like, have, have like a cousin, you know what I mean? Hey, cousin, let me, yeah, yeah. something. And then, and then again, but then your cousin would have to play, puts your, put, place your bets for you because, you know, unless you get some type of burner phone. Well, he was depressed, obviously goes. not thinking. I guess not. So he's uh, betting on the Falcons also. Well, he didn't say he was betting on or against the Falcons. He said, I bet on NFL games, including the Falcons. Uh, wording. Now, what does that tell you? Yeah. Does that speak Pete Rose to you? I only bet on my team. All right. So then he says, I just effed up, period. Uh, in a dark moment, I made a stupid mistake. I wasn't trying to cheat the game. That's the thing I want to make clear. At the time, I had been away from the team or about a month. I was still just so depressed and angry, and the days were so long. I was just looking for anything to take my mind off of things and make the day go faster. And he said, bottom line this, he lost his love for football. Oh. 
Well, I, he got traded to the Jaguars. I can see why. <laughs> uh, so I think the real question is here, did he make any – did he profit from this? Did he make any money? Uh, I, I doubt that he see, did. So, and again, now here, he he deposited $1,500. I was going to say $1,500. Nothing well, what to is, what, what you, a, a guy who's you know making an average of about uh, you know $10 million a season. And, and with $1,500, you're not going to be Rain Man and break the, the casino sports yeah. books. And really, how much – did he really know what he was doing as well, too? Probably I guarantee none. he was just firing parlay. Hey, $500, parlay. Here's a 16 parlay. <laughs> he probably saw oh. the Kevin Hart commercial where he gets extra $200 credit, and he's like, there, there you go, extra $200 free bets. Yeah, but uh, this happens with a lot of athletes. You lose your your love of the game. So, but well, on- It becomes a business at that point, 100%. That's all it yeah. is. It's a, it's a business. The, the love for the game is, I'm sure, gone for most of those guys at that point. But on, on a serious note, that we hope that Calvin Ridley is okay because we know that, uh, you know, being depressed and having mental health issues, that is a real thing. So, you know, hopefully Calvin Ridley is, uh, is okay. Heck of a ball player. And he's still young, still a young, great wide receiver at Alabama. Uh, you know, bright future with the Falcons when they drafted him. So, I don't know. Well, hopefully he learns from his, his mistake. He's, like you said, a young guy. All right. More breaking news. All uh, right. Breaking Co- news. Coming your way now with... Uh, so, we know that you know, the Aaron Rodgers saga continues. Everybody wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers, right? And Raider fans still thinking, oh, man, they may get Aaron Rodgers. Well, this is breaking news. Because Aaron Rodgers actually met... With the Jets yesterday. Actually had a meeting in San Diego, outside of San Diego, uh, where Aaron Rodgers lives, makes his, uh, his home there. Um, but, uh, here's why this deal is interesting. Aaron Rodgers is still under contract with the Green Bay Packers. So for him to be able to meet with a team, he has to have permission from his team, the Green Bay Packers. So that tells us. Are you experimenting again? You know, so, you know, so no, that was the right answer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. That's ding when we do that. There you go. Um. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to get back on the, the training wheels back off. All yeah, right. right. You know? Yeah. Can you do that like during breaks or, or, or before two o'clock or after four o'clock? <laughs> it was yeah. the right one. And here, you know, Numchuck is just, you know, he's, he's relaxing on his little vacation and I'm sure he's, he's, he's at home and listening to the giggling. show. And he's giggling there. Right? He's, he's laughing and he's going, Oh yeah, Nick, there you go. Take, 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 take that. What TC gives me all the time. And then you can respond with, with by saying, you're going to, you're going to miss him a whole lot when I'm here. Yeah. So you're going to exactly. enjoy him. And so you can say to Numchuck, Hey, listen, listen, TC was giving it to, giving me the business long before you came around. Oh, he knows. Yeah. There you go. I bet. Yeah. See the discussions going on. So Aaron Rodgers has to get permission from. He did get permission. Yes. So the Packers gave him permission to talk to the team. Now, well, why wouldn't they? So here's what happened. All right. So the Jets flew in to uh, talk to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Woody Johnson, the uh, owner. Oh, the owner. The owner. Owner came in. GM came in. Head coach came in, and Nathaniel Hackett, who the Jets just hired as their offensive coordinator, coordinator, who used to be the Broncos head coach, who used to be the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator. There you go. Way to go. You put two and two together, you get four. That's very, very good. You you know, tic tac toe. That's good. So, for Rodgers to actually meet and listen with these guys, actually says doesn't say he's committing to the Jets, but. it's it's is high, highly unusual for this to take place, but like we said before, the Packers are probably very cool with 
letting him go. Why would and, they? And bank on Jordan Love? That's a big question mark, but we'll see what happens. But so here's the deal. So um there are potential complications to this deal, including the Rogers huge and complicated contract that he has. Uh, this is going to have to be addressed. Make sure that both teams would be in compliance with the salary cap by the start of the league year, which starts next Wednesday, by the way. Now, Rogers under contract through 2024 for a cool 100.8.8 million, 108.8 million. Technically, the contract signed last March runs through 2026, but 2025 and 2026 are considered the dummy years for cap purposes. His deal fully guaranteed of 59.5 million this season with 58.3 mil coming in the form of an option bonus payable before the start of this regular season coming up. But because his bonus money is prorated, Rogers wouldn't really hurt the Jets salary cap. He would count 15.8 million in, in 2023 and 32.5 in 2024. So it could happen. Now the Packers are going to get hit with a 40.3, uh, dead charge in, uh, this year, nearly $9 million more than they, uh, he'd count on the roster. But the bottom line is it's doable. It could happen. Would Aaron Rodgers want to play in New York? Would he want to play with the Jets? And the meanwhile, now you got Jets teammates that are like, Egging him on now, like, come on, baby, come on. You know, uh, one of their wide receivers, uh, or I'm sorry, one of his, uh, the defensive backs actually went on Twitter and saying, Hey, man, if you come here, he goes, uh, you know, I won't pick you off in practice and, uh, I'll burn the cheese head because after, uh, uh the game, one of the uh, defensive backs actually took a cheese head from a Packer fan and, and wore it out of, out of Lambeau Field. So here's my thing is after the Jets beat the Packers last year. I think it's funny that here we are, all these decades, all these years later, that Brett Favre went to the Packers or went to the Jets, and the Jets still have been looking for a quarterback all these years later. They're still the bottom of the bottom yes. of the NFL. Yes. And they will just swoop up on it so fast. They love Rogers, the Woody out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they want him so bad. Yeah. They want him so bad. Yeah. They want a quarterback so bad. But again, they've killed themselves by drafting guys like Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. That's all they've doing? ever done. Yes, I know. Through the draft, through the draft, through the draft. We're gonna hit. I mean, again, none Darnold and Wilson never screamed NFL prototype. Never. When they were in college at USC and BYU respectively, did not scream that they were gonna be uh, great quarterbacks. So they got to go to the veteran now. I don't know. Are, how much are they missing the butt fumble right now? Mark Sanchez. How much are they missing he, your boy? He looked like the golden child. But no, I still, where did he come from? I, I cannot USC. believe that Favre and, and, and Rogers potentially going to do the same thing all these years later, all these years later. And then watch, watch, watch them go to Minnesota after this. Absolutely. As they should. And the Vikings will be relevant again. There you go. And then we'll have a bounty gate with the Saints. There you go. With Derek Carr and the Saints. It'll happen all <sighs> over again. Woo! NFL drama. Look as the, the world turns. Or as the, <laughs> the Wayback Machine, brother. That's what that is. All right, we come back. We're going to talk some NCAA March Madness and NBA with Olden Polonies. A little OPP in the house next. Get wrecked with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Make sure you join us on Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas, the world-famous Superbook, the non-smoking Superbook. Oh, yeah, and we get ready for Hoop Central coming your way next Thursday and Friday. We'll be broadcasting live the first rounds of the tournament. 
inside the International Theater. That's where Hoop Central's at. Uh, the 4K video wall. You got all of the betting stations. You got the food, the beverage, all of the games. No better atmosphere than Hoop Central at the Westgate Las Vegas. So come on by, see the show live, be part of it, and uh, let the madness begin at the Westgate Las Vegas. And again, come on by and join us on Friday. The big seven-footer in town still, so he'll be joining me on Friday. Big Bill Cartwright, so come on by, say hello. Marco D'Angelo and a whole lot more, and our good friends there. Our vice president of Sportsbook Operations, Jay Cornegay, will also be around uh, talking about betting the NCAA tournament. And then uh, looking forward to some championship games in all these conference tournaments coming up this weekend. All right. A guy that knows a thing or two about Little March Madness and, of course, the NBA, our very good friend, longtime big man back in the day, Olden Polonese, joins us now. My man, OP, are you down with me? <laughs> yes, you know me. <laughs> I do, I do. What's up, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. We're just uh, you know, this is a great time of year, as you know. We love the March Madness. I know you enjoy the summertime and being here in Vegas for the NBA Summer League. We'll reconvene there, but you know, bottom line is, I mean, OP Vegas has turned into March Madness. It's always been one thing where people would, you know, want to come and, and watch all the games and bet the games. But now with all the conference tournaments we have here and now we're getting the NCAA West regional finals here. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, but this, that's the best place to have it in my opinion. Yeah. Cause Vegas offers so much for so many people and they have enough venues to hold these different um, tournaments. And so it's it's a great place to be. No doubt. All right, my friend. So when uh, this time of year rolls around, I know you got uh, some some fond memories of uh, March Madness. How about your days back at UVA, man, back at Virginia? You, you got some March Madness memories you want to share with us? Oh, well, my freshman year, I mean, that's the ultimate March Madness memory is the fact that, yep. you know, we weren't, we weren't even supposed to be in the tournament. And, you know, everybody was saying that we made it because Dick Schultz, who was our athletic director at the time and on the selection committee, you know, was the reason we got in. And I'm a freshman, you know. And the funny thing about it is, like, you know, we ended up going through the tournament and getting to the Final Four, and everybody was, like, shocked. So, And it's so ironic and funny. The Final Four had... Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas, Akeem Olajuwon and the Houston Cougars, Sam Bowie and the Kentucky Wildcats, and all the Pawnees. That just didn't sound right. Oh, man. No kidding, right? <laughs> it just, that just didn't sound right. But, hey, I believed that we could do it, and I, I was a part of that team. I was a big part of that team getting to the Final Four. So, you know, I, I I applaud myself. I applaud my teammates for what we were able to accomplish because it was not expected. I mean, we were the last team they expected to get to the Final Four. You know, Virginia basketball, I mean, people – so used to watching Virginia now with Tony Bennett. He's had great success. And, you know, Tony, you know, his Wisconsin ties, UWGB back in the day and, you know, went there as a, as a, uh, um, as a player in the NCAA tournament when they upset Cal and got a chance to know Tony quite a bit. But, you know, people don't remember before Tony got there, uh, that, you know, UVA was not 
that plotted up uh, the court type of team that played, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, kind of like what we see now, uh, even, you know, how prevalent the three point shot is. UVA still has that, that, that slow pace. But back when you played, you know, you guys got up and down the court a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. We, we, we got up and down and that was the game plan, you know, cause, you know, when they had Ralph Sampson and then I came in following him. And even after that, the team still had a really fast paced offense. And, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be remiss right now if I didn't give a shout out and, uh, you know, well, not so much of a shout out, but, you know, letting people that don't know, you know, the passing of the great Terry Holland, yep. you know, I mean, such, I mean, such a great man. And he made it all possible for me. You know, I, I believe that he and my high school coach, John Carroll, are the two most important people in my basketball career by far. You know, Terry Holland taught me how to believe in myself. You know, at the times when I was unsure, I'm like, man, do I even belong in a Division One school? Because it was rough goings in the beginnings. And so, you know, and the beauty of it, as we were just talking about, is the fact that we played that style. And so I was so familiar with that style, it made it a lot easier for me. You know, coming from New York City, you know, we it was everything was up and down, up and down. So I was thankful for that. Can you imagine trying to play in a in a Tony Bennett pace game right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. How, how much would you get the rock if you were uh, hanging down the low post now in a Tony Bennett offense? Oof. I know one thing. I don't know how much I get it, but I know it would never come back out. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> It would never go back out. That's for sure. Uh, you met. You talk about a, a New York City guy like yourself. Uh, give us that road for you uh, and how you ended up in Virginia. Well, again, started playing basketball late, sophomore year. Yeah. I had a big growth spur between my freshman and sophomore year, eight inches. And so, what the heck were you been- eating, man? What were you eating there in in the Bronx, I man? Grew up, I grew up on welfare, so it wasn't a lot. <laughs> so, you know, it was just a matter of, you know, being blessed. Yeah. And when that happened, um, again, Mr. Carey was like, hey, I want you to try out for the basketball team. I'm like, I do not play basketball. And so it was one of those things that my parents didn't want me playing sports. It was about going to school. That's how most, you know, foreign parents are, you know, from other countries. It's all about education, education. But the only reason they even allowed me to play was because, you know, Mr. Carey told them I could get a scholarship and get a free education. So once they heard the word free, it was like, oh, he's playing basketball. <laughs> it was that kind of thing. And so once I got there and got going, I took to basketball. You know, I felt if I'm going to be out here practicing, I might as well be the best I can be. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, University of Virginia is one of the teams that's recruiting me amongst 200 other schools. <laughs> and it's so crazy because I went from that sophomore year, when I learned how to play basketball, my junior year, after my junior year, I was an All-American. And so, again, it's, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. So I'm going to, you know, I'm, I went leaps and bounds. And, but the only reason I even went to Virginia, I swear God's honest truth, Jim Lamanega, who's the coach at Miami now, he and John Carey, my coach, were good friends growing up. They grew up together. That's the only reason I went to Virginia. <laughs> Wow. Because he had a connection to my high school coach. That was it. Yeah. Nothing else. 
Hey, were you one of those uh, Rutger Park guys, you know, gr- growing yeah. up or going back? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once I started playing basketball. But it's funny. I lived across the street. I lived in building one across the street. Like, we could watch the games from the windows. Not Well, not my window, because my window faced away from it. But a friend of mine, we could go. I would go to his house, and we look outside and watch the games. And then so I, w- I could see the games before I even played basketball. And once I started playing basketball, I was there every day. Every single day in the summertime, we were at Rucker Park playing, and then we would have to get off when the when the professionals came, you know. But we had the best seats in the house because we were there at six o'clock in the morning. And, and those legendary stories—they're all true. And I bet you—you you were part of some of those, and you saw I've some of those. I've seen a bunch of. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of the the most famous one, if, in my personal opinion. I mean, aside from the Dr. J ones and and Kobe come in and all these other guys, Kevin Durant, that's nothing compared to a, a gentleman named Joe Hammond. They called him the destroyer. So whenever you heard Joe Hammond was playing, it was first come first serve kind of thing. And you had to get there early because there were, there was not going to be a seat anywhere. People were hanging in the trees on the fences so we heard Joe Hammond was playing this day, and we're there early, but there's no Joe Hammond. Game starts, no Joe Hammond. Um, first quarter ends, no Joe Hammond. Middle of the second quarter, Joe Hammond shows up. Everybody's screaming. He ends up scoring like 60 points. <laughs> and he's not rushing to get dressed or nothing. Put the shoes on, checks in the game. He proceeds to score 60 points. By the middle of the fourth quarter, he walks right off the court. Game's still going on. <laughs> and people talk, you know, like you said, you had to be there or or know the history of Rucker Park uh, and Joe Hammond. That is a guy that dropped out of high school, I think like when he was in like ninth or grade or something like that, never played college basketball. So most people never even got a chance to see this kid uh, play. And like you said, I've heard the same thing you just said. Just one of the all-time greats. Great player. He told he famously said he and a bunch of guys. You know, they all thought that they could make more money on the streets than in the NBA. You know, and so whether they were offered contracts or not, they turned them down. But I mean, he's legendary. You know, we 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 talk about Michael Jordan and all these guys, not LeBron. But I mean, there were guys back then. I mean, these guys were walking buckets. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Joe Hammond had a, you know an unfortunate you know run where he ended up in prison. He ended up uh, trying to sue Nike and, and and a couple other companies as well too because he tried to say that they used his likeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep, so but yeah, one great of, great times. <laughs> wow! All right, Old Apollonies uh, joins us. Pride right there in the Bronx, New York City, my guy, Old Apollonies. And a, a shout out, you can talk about Terry Holland, you know, Pete Gillen is a good friend and he comes on the show very regularly here and he, he raved about his time at, at Virginia and, and Pete, he had some good teams there at Virginia as well too. Pete definitely, yeah, that's why I said, even after Terry, we had some coaches that came in that eight ran, you know, Pete was one of them. Yeah. And so to me, that's what I'm saying. And when, you know, and Tony's a great coach. Yeah. So I don't know if it was, more the guys he was bringing in and playing, you know, being conducive to their style and their talent level. 
But something happened because I don't remember Tony being a slow it down kind of guy. But, even but, when he but see, that comes from his family, though, Olin. That's where it comes from. And, you know, Dick was that way. He was running his dad's system, and then he picked up on it. And, you know, again, when he played for his dad and his uncle, that that's all they knew. And that's that was Wisconsin basketball, that old blocker, you know, offense, as they call it, whatever. And then Tony right. just never veered off of that. And he's like, hey, I got, yeah. a, I got a little niche here. Let's let's keep running this. But you would think that, you know, maybe it would evolve a little bit. But seriously, it's the same offense. I mean, it's just like, you know, Joe Scott running the Princeton offense, the Pete Carrill offense. I mean, these guys get into this and they've been coaching 20, 30 years. They're still running the same stuff. Yeah, that's true. But, hey, Tony got a championship out of it. <laughs> you got that right. He did. But, you know. You know, he also got a first round loss of it the, the, the following year. Yeah. Ugh, but, hey, of... listen, no, it was the year, wasn't it? It was the year before. Year before, correct. You're right. You're yeah, right. the year before. Correct. We're the only team to ever get knocked out. First number one to get knocked out and then come back and win the championship That's the true. following year, which is unheard of. There you go. All right. Hey, uh, so I know that you were planning on coming to town here for the madness. We again the Mountain West happening. We just got done with the the WCC tournament. Gonzaga uh wins again and emphatic fashion last night over St. Mary's. And then, of course, you know, the Pac-12 is happening. And then the Big West, uh, you know, which I'm, I'm doing the, the, the broadcasting uh, over there for that. And uh, your son plays for Long Beach State. And I know he's hurt. He didn't get a chance to, to play in last night's game. But I got to tell you, OP, I mean, they got, they got upset last night, man. And that was one of the, uh, one of the strangest games, biggest upsets we saw by Cal Poly, who had an 18-game losing streak, and they took it to the beach. And, and Bill Cartwright and I were watching this, and Bill said he's never seen anything like this ever. And he kept going on about it. I go, this is college basketball, I guess. But you know what? For Bill to make that statement, that's a huge statement. Yeah. And so to me, what is that about? Is it the players? Is it the coaching? What is it? Because I'm – I, I watched the first half, and I'm saying to myself, okay, you know what? They're probably going to win. And, again, my son's not playing, so I was just watching the game just to watch. I was really just wanted to see if I could spot him in, on the bench somewhere. Mm, right. <laughs> and so I turned the game and went to NBA games and wake up this morning, and it's like they lose 88-60. to 60. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, St. Louis Abismo, Cal Poly is like one of the worst teams in the conference, if not the worst team in the conference. Worst team in the I conference? Opie, they're 20. one of the worst teams in the nation. I mean, <laughs> I can't think of another team that had an 18-game losing streak this year to end the season. And then you lose by 20 yeah, to, yeah. The, to this team. And so again, I've never liked this style. And again, I'm not going to tell my kids what to do. All I can do is prepare them and give them information, they make their own decisions. And he made his decision based on loyalty because they stayed recruiting him. And I get that. He felt loyal to them. But at the same time, I was unsure about the, the decision. Plus, it gave me a chance. You know, he's only 20 minutes away from the house, so I, I get to see him every day. But I didn't like the decision, you know, back when he made it, but I had to respect the decision. And so to me... I don't know. Whatever style, I wish I was coaching that team. We'd still be playing. Yeah, yeah, and that you know, Don Monson, he is a guy that uh, is uh, tons of experience. He, believe it or not, it's it seems strange. But but 
Yeah. Like Tony Bennett, TC, stuck in his way. Yes, yes. I mean, it doesn't work, but I'm going to stick with it. I know. And again, this is a guy that, you know, kind of, he started the Gonzaga train and then he left. He thought for greener pastures to go to Minnesota. It didn't work out. Mark Few took over. Boom. We see what Gonzaga is today. But Don Monson did start all that because they had success when he was there. That led to him getting the Big Ten job with Minnesota. Didn't work out. He comes to Long Beach, been there 15 years. This guy is the winningest coach in program history and let me remind i don't need to remind you you know but we're sitting there talking about that you know you had guys like jerry tarkanian who coached there you had tex winter okay a legendary coach hall of famer who was you know under phil jackson for all those years and you know when when tex didn't want to be a head coach anymore seth greenberg you know was there and then there's yeah. don monson and it's like i i this team should be winning they should be much better than what we've seen out of his uh, the last few years, he's been there. Exactly, and you know, my thing was this. And before my son got hurt, and I was I was a big complainer about it because I'm like, why did you recruit this kid? You know, who has NBA skill set, all right, can play basketball, and he's a three point threat, probably the best three point shooter on the team. If you like, you go to practices and they shooting threes, he's constantly winning three-point contests like nothing and in the games you're telling him we don't want you to shoot threes it makes no sense but it's funny the five games before he got hurt he played a total of 19 minutes and i'm saying to myself here's a seven footer that can help you that runs the floor like a deer he runs a four five forty you know i'm giving all his stats because it, it, to make the point this kid is really talented but yet you don't develop any of that talent. You don't use him whatsoever. And uh, I'm like, you get you get what you deserve at that point. Uh, Op, one of these uh, these parents that like you know you want you want to say something or do you step forward and, and, and say something to to the coaching staff or anybody or are you just kind of just burning inside? I, it burns inside. I want to. Yeah. I started doing that early in the season, and he was playing really well. And then they they basically said, oh, can you not do that anymore? And they had my son do it. And then it became an issue between me and my son. And so, but I respected him enough to say, okay, son, I got you. Whatever you want, I will pull back, which is what I did. And then all of a sudden, once I pulled back, they, they saw it as an opening to just treat him any kind of way. And as a parent, you want to protect your kids. Yep. I sent him to you, yes. Okay, you're coaching my son, but I'm not going to sit back and have you derail him and destroy his career, which is what, they, in my opinion, they've done. You know, because you're, you're putting him in a game for 27 seconds serves no purpose in life. Nothing. There's nothing he can do for you when you put him in a game. There's 27 seconds left in the first half. And then they put him in. He's been sitting there for the whole for nineteen minutes and thirty three seconds. Oh, and then man. you put him in for twenty seven seconds for what? To mess with his stats? That's pretty much all you're doing because there's nothing he can give you in twenty seven seconds in the first half. Can you say transfer portal? 
<laughs> oh, boy, we, I know them words too well. Yeah, I bet you. Oh, man. That is a tough position to be in, like you said, that you, you want the best for your son and, but you, you know, want to respect, you know, his wishes. Kid, and it doesn't yeah. even matter if it's my son or right. not, TC. It's like you just don't do people like that. And yeah. these guys, they go into this control mindset. Especially when like, you're a coach yourself. It. You know, you're a coach yourself. Exactly. And that's what burns. I get it. I'm a winning coach. Yes. I know how to coach. <laughs> I will, I, and I've said this before, I will give anybody a year, n- put my contract up. If I don't win, you ki- you keep the money. Well, old apologies. standing offer to any school. Well, all right, man. Uh, give us a quick take here. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, Pac-12. It, it's it's a two team race, right? It's 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 UCLA. It's Arizona. <laughs> UCLA. Right? UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's UCLA and UCLA. And that's it. So you're not, you're not even, even though we know we're going to see Arizona UCLA in the final. You're not giving the Wildcats any chance. You think they're going to no, they're going to blown out like they did it, last weekend? It's which UCLA team shows up. Is it the play of the year, Jaime Jaquez? Is it, you know, Bona, the, 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 the guy everybody was talking about? Or is it somebody else? So, but the, the key to UCLA, though, I don't know the severity of Jalen Clark's injury. And so that's a big, that's a big hit if he's not, you know, good to go. I don't even want to say 100% because there's no such thing as 100% in sports. You'll never, once you start playing sports, you will never be 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Are you manageable with your injury? But, yeah, but I do like UCLA. Um, I think Mick Cronin, you know, his, his coaching, um, the, you know, just him and his experience, I think that's a plus for them. But, again, the key's going to be um, Tiger is going to be Jaime. Those guys, if they step up and play the way they should, I think they get they they easily win the Pac-12 title. All right, Olden Polonies, my man. Always great visiting with you, uh, my friend. Uh, we'll talk to you more during the course of the madness, and of course, as the NBA season progresses towards the, the playoffs, brother. I appreciate you big time, man. Oh, you're very welcome. You take care. You got it, brother. There he is, OPP, as I like to call him, Olden Polonies, uh, one of our our great crew members here on the show, uh, sharing the the wealth of knowledge uh, that he has here, but uh, always great stuff with OP. All right, we come back on the other side. We get to the sports book. Chuck Esposito is going to join us over at Red Rock. Talk about the betting numbers of these conference tournaments, that and a whole lot more coming your way. And then Sam Gordon is going to join us uh, fresh out of the Thomas and Mack Center uh, at the conclusion of the UNLV Air Force game. We'll hit him and a talk to Sam about a whole lot of basketball and more. It is a wild, a little wacky Wednesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Oh, yeah. You do a lot of talking, bro. You do a lot of talking. All that screaming. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, when you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray. What happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You're going to ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. <laughs> Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. I know you're going to dig this. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. The doctor is now in. Yeah, boy. 
number two coming your way here on this Wednesday edition. You miss any part of the show, you know where to go. Go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Appreciate old Apollonies uh, joining us uh, last hour. Always good stuff with that. You can catch that interview up a little bit later on. And uh, this hour, Sam Gordon will join us from the Las Vegas Review Journal. And uh, right now, we take it to the sports book. Our good friend Chuck Esposito out at Red Rock. Chuck, what's going on, my man? All good, T. Just uh, enjoying some uh, conference basketball and getting ready for the show on Sunday and uh, the big dance next week. It is, man. You can hardly wait. We've got uh, the unveiling of the brackets. Uh, Selection Sunday is definitely here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that, Chuck. I mean, what is that like from the sportsbook side uh, behind the counter? Your office is there as uh, the unveiling process is uh, going on. The atmosphere is, is crazy, T. I mean, from our side, it is so much fun. Um, you know, once we get um, all the information on the brackets, we'll start putting all of our numbers together. Um, we'll have these games up um, tomorrow night, or excuse me, Sunday night. Um, and then it's, you know, the guests are going to let us know really quickly if the numbers are too high or too low. I know you and I have talked about it in the past. There's so much more parity now that you've got some of these big schools where kids are one and done and some of these smaller schools where kids have played together for, you know, two, three, four years. And with the transfer portal, you've got kids with, you know, who go to some of these programs that can really help. And you're not seeing those gigantic numbers that you used to see on those first two days. You're still going to see some, but not nearly what you saw, say, 10 years ago. So from a competitive standpoint, uh, a lot tighter lines, a lot closer games, and so much information out there now shows like this there's so much out there that you're really hearing from people that kind of follow it um you know teams that are that are live especially some of these dogs and these uh, david against goliath matchups just make the tournament so much fun so chuck we've talked about before about you know once the uh, like the AFC and NFC championship games conclude, and then now it's start to to you know get ready and make the right number for the Super Bowl, and then because you know you got two weeks, you got plenty of time really to get your props and stuff together. Is this kind of a similar situation with the NCAA basketball tournament? Because you're putting up numbers quickly on all of these games. I mean, what now we're talking about what thir- you know 32 games or so, uh, and then you know you you got to do futures or adjust those futures. It, is it similar to kind of the end of uh, you know uh, the the football season where this is like, or is it a little bit different? Um, it, I guess you'd say it's, it's a little similar and a little bit different. Yeah. I think it's similar because you are trying to put um, all this stuff up. I mean, the futures will have been up, T, so it's just kind of a, a quick adjustment with uh, with some of those. Um, you know, we'll get the the regions all up and and the, and the early games up. Uh, and then we start thinking about props, putting up some of the other tournaments as well, and getting that up. I think the big difference is that with Super Bowl, you've got kind of two weeks. So, you know, we, we have an opportunity once we know who's playing in the game, the game's up, to kind of sit down for a couple of days, start putting together some of our thoughts, kind of mapping out what the what the strategy and structure is going to be um, for, you know, Propatopia. You know, which ones can we think outside the box? What are kind of the normal um, type props? Um, and really start, you know, brainstorming, getting that stuff up, knowing that there's not a sense of urgency. I think with the tournament, it's the exact opposite. Um, once everything gets announced, you want to get it up so quickly because by Thursday, I mean, they're starting to play. I mean, uh, too, I, 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 you know, I don't mean to forget talking about it, but it's our, our last man standing contest. Uh, guarantee $50,000 payday, aggregate payout. 
um, this year. And, you know, once I think the brackets are announced, you can sign up today, but I think once the, the brackets are announced, there's such a, a big push in the next four days for everyone to kind of sign up and, and have fun with the tournament. Great format. $25 gets you one entry fee, 100 gets you four, and the bonus fifth entry free. And it's the same format as the tournament, which is so cool. You win and you move on. You lose and you go home. So if you haven't signed up, get signed up now or you, you can't, as soon as they announce the, the brackets, we'll be, uh, we'll be ready to get everyone signed up. But, uh, uh, I think a little bit different is that there's just a, a little bit more of a sense of urgency when it comes to the college basketball tournament and getting everything up as quickly as we can. Yeah. And as far as the last man standing contest goes, that takes me back to basically, you know, a few days before the opener of the NFL season, because, you know, including myself, okay, we're scrambling to get to the book and get signed up and that sort of thing. And like you said, there's that window of basically, you know, three days to get over there, get signed up, uh, look at the lines, look at w- which team you're going to go with and that sort of thing. So that does get a little, little chaotic for both sides of the counter when you're, when you're talking about that. But again, it's, it's something that we look forward to each and every year. And, uh, it is a blast. Like you said, I think the key T is that it's, it's a small investment. It's, you know, uh, $25 again gets you one entry fee and a, a hundred gets you four and that fifth one free. And you have an opportunity, um, for a really nice payday, uh, with that said. Um, I think the tournament as a whole too, again, it's, it's so exciting. The David against Goliath matchups, uh, the atmosphere in the book with the early start times, um, here in, in Vegas and games that'll then it'll go to nine or 10 o'clock. It's just a, a crazy atmosphere where the crowd just gets kind of bigger um, throughout the course of the day and even gets louder. And in some of these matchups, when you have a, a small school, um, we saw with St. Pete's a few years ago when some of these small schools are really competing and playing well with the big boys, um, just the atmosphere is, is crazy fun. Um, Super Bowl is a great day, and it's exciting and great, but the tournament overall from start to finish, it's, if you haven't experienced it out here, um, I think you have to be in one of the books to really appreciate the atmosphere, the hype, the buzz, the wagering options, and, you know, get signed up for SCN Sports, too, because with all the different times and everything else on the board, it really does bring the sports book to you. And I know a lot of people ask this question, you know, Chuck, about the contest, uh, specifically the last man standing. Is, is that something that you, you have to come in person and make those selections? Uh, I know it's a very popular question. So for our listeners, kind of explain that to them. And are, are we at a point where, you know, that can be done via the mobile app or, or will be eventually? It definitely will eventually, T. Right now, the guests still have to come in. Um, but with that said, we've expanded hours where we will be opening earlier in the day and staying up, staying open later uh, to give our guests an opportunity to come in and get those uh, games filled out. And they're not locked in to playing the earliest game or the latest game. You know, they, that could be their strategy or, or anything in between. But we uh, definitely will be extending hours both on the opening and closing side of it to give our guests an opportunity to get here and turn their picks in. Chuck Esposito joins us at Red Rock uh, does a fantastic job with all the station casino properties from the race and sports side. You mentioned the futures bets that you know the the futures lines are are pretty much kind of locked in. But as we know, Chuck, people really start paying attention once the bracket is unveiled because we know that the NCAA tournament winner, when you're forecasting and doing your brackets, you know you're you're looking at matchups. That's really what it's all about. How much 
uh, of the action or what's the percentage of action that you will take on future bets once the bracket is announced in comparison to say, you know, the action that you took the the last three months? Well, I think, it, you know, it will have been more T over the last several months just because there was so many more teams left and so much uncertainty um, that was going on. I think like anything else, the, the guests are looking for value, looking to position themselves so that they have a number of teams. So schools that you thought, you know, were maybe a surprise before the season started are no longer that. And when you get to the tournament and you've got these teams that are number one and number two seeds, um, you're not getting some of those prices that you may have gotten earlier. Now, granted, if you can find some, you know, some value, if there's a, a team like, you know, Creighton or somebody that uh, is starting to play well, Missouri, you know, later in the year, and you see some value there, um, that's an opportunity. But I think you see a lot more of it um, early in the season when people are kind of taking that shot, looking at teams that, that seem to be better and looking for that value opposed to, you'll still get wagers late, but you're just not getting that same price because with each passing round, of course, um, the number of teams can swindle down. I'm just wondering if uh, there is that team out there. Like You mentioned St. Pete's earlier. And that's a great example, Chuck, because nobody saw the Peacocks doing what they did. And I'm just wondering, have you gotten you know any action? Anybody think that they may know something? And for some of these you know smaller conferences, like, hey, we got some money rolling in on... The- on you know whoever here you know Maryland Baltimore County or whoever it is, we we definitely see that T you know as once you know that a team is in and you know you're going to see some you know astronomical odds on some of those long shots but you know I always look for kind of those teams that are playing well and and kind of streaking and kind of have that swagger and getting healthy at the right time and you know I looked at a team like Creighton who I really liked you know, toward the end of last season, knowing that, you know, one of their top players was out for the year, that they had a really good recruiting class coming in and a lot of returning starters. And I didn't think they had played all that well this year, but of late have started to play a little bit better and you're getting a a better price. And, And I think you look for things like that. I mean, I love the David against Goliath matchups. I think it's made, you know, the tournament so much fun and, and so exciting. And again, the, the atmosphere in the book, the crowd, the sounds that echo from this department are just crazy fun. Um, you have just as many people, you know, that I see that normally come in for Super Bowl that come in for the tournament because it's such a great time of year. And I think it's the entire package. It's, you know, phenomenal food and beverage offerings, great rooms. Uh, the weather looks like it's going to be nicer. You might have, you know, a lot of the pools that are going to be open. Um, but I think, you know, the, the sports books, you just can't match. Uh, we do such a great job in an industry of just presenting a, a fun atmosphere where you really feel like you're you're at the 50 uh, at midcourt where when you've got four games kind of going on simultaneously um, that I think you can hear in my voice that it's one of the most fun times of year for our side of the counter, and I know it is for the other side of the counter as well. I don't know if your voice raises more for this March Madness or the NFL draft. I mean, that's, that's I one in one eight. That. As soon as you started, <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. That's a couple of injuries right draft, there. It's just me personally. I'm just a draft Nick, yeah. and you know I love the event that we do here, and we're we're looking to do another event. We'll be getting all that information out about get drafted at Red Rock and having some fun. But uh, the tournament as a whole is just so exciting. I mean, it it really is. I mean, I I can't say enough about you know being in the industry for for 30 years and and just seeing the fun and excitement and and the crowd and the way that it's grown. um, It's one of my favorite times of year. Are you trying to say, I know you a little bit, Chuck, is that what you're trying to say? 
Just a bit, dude. Just a bit. <laughs> I love it. Hey, let me ask you a question here. Which conferences, and we're going we're gonna to put this into, into two categories here. Which conference tournaments are you looking forward to the most? And we're going to ask you the local ones, the ones that, you know, the WCC just concluded. But as you know, we got the Pac-12 at T-Mobile. we got the Mountain West uh, over at Thomas and & Mac and the Big West over at the Dollar Loan Center. Which conference do you really got your eye on? You know, there's a couple that I've really been looking at. I think when you look at the SEC tournament and as well as Alabama, you know, is played and where they're ranked and you look at, you know, Tennessee that got a lot of hype in the offseason. Um, Kentucky, who's kind of had Tennessee's number, um, is playing well and is up there. Uh, I'm also looking at uh, um, the, the Big 12 Conference, T. I think you can make a case for all four of those top teams. Kansas, Texas, Baylor, TCU. I really like, you know, Baylor a lot there. Um, those are the, those are the two that really kind of jump off the page to me more than anything else right now. Um, but that's what makes the tournament so magical. You never know what's going to happen. And that's where the excitement lies. So I'm looking forward to watching these and I'd be remiss if I didn't comp, you know, talk about the, the women's tournament too and, and having the, the Lady Rebels with an opportunity to win their tournament, um, tonight. Uh, I think they're ranked 21st in the country right now. And, you know, if they win that tournament, just seeing, you know, where they're seated and where they, where they ultimately get to play. But, uh, they've been on a phenomenal roll, uh, of late. And we've seen a, a huge uptick, um, in, in handle on the women's games as well. Lady Rebels against Wyoming tonight for the championship and the right to go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Chuck, what is that line on, on the Rebels in Wyoming tonight? I believe it's, it's hovering right around eight or so, T. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And we know that uh, the Lady Rebels, man, they've had a couple close calls, especially that last game, you know, in the semifinal. Uh, but they got there, and Wyoming is the number two seed. The Rebels the number one seed. And we know in before Lindy Larat got there that the Rebels would be favored in a lot of these games, and they they would not win these games. But, you know, since Lindy's been there, they've done pretty well. And uh, I think a lot of fans are expecting the Rebels to get this uh, win tonight. But, uh, you know, the, even though they've won over 20 in a row, Chuck, it's never – easy especially these championship games because hey they got a target on their shoulders right now yeah i mean you're absolutely right t i think she's done an awesome job there and i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they just had a really close game that they won i think sometimes that you want to be tested a little bit i think in 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 all sports when you see teams kind of walk through things and they don't have that that tough game that they had to really dig down deep and pull from and play well, that it hurts them. So uh, having that, that tough test in their last game where they only won uh, by a few points, I think that really helps them a little bit. I think there is some pressure on them because they are the number one seed in this you know, tournament's one versus two. Um, but, but, I, but I do think that they're going to come out of this on top and really look to see what they do uh, you know, in the tournament, how, how many games they can win and how far they can advance because they really have been on some roll. Um, it's, it's been fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I know we talked about it with the success of the Aces and how popular WNBA came, became. And, you know, the women's games now have really, you know, kind of hit the board as well. And, and the Lady Rebels have really helped springboard that from the, from the betting side of it uh, for, for our guests, too. You mentioned the Big 12 and the SEC as far as uh, tournaments that, that you kind of, you know, personally are looking very closely at. For me, Chuck, 
I love the Big East. I've loved the Big East, even you know before the realignment and even afterwards. It's taken some time to get used to. You mentioned that Creighton team, and you think, ah, oh, they're in the Big East, you know. But it, it slowly but surely has kind of grown. And I just think there are several teams in there that could do some damage in the NCAA tournament. You mentioned Creighton. I'll mention Marquette. Uh, those two teams are downright phenomenal. And you never know a team like you know Seton Hall or Providence uh, could get on a run as well too. Even though Providence kind of takes taking a little step back at the uh, last few games, but uh, that's always exciting. And then the fact that, you know, you're talking to Madison Square Garden. Oh, I mean, see, the, I mean, I only touched on a couple of conference tournaments. I mean, we could have spent, you know, two hours <laughs> talking about each one of them and kind of diving yeah. into it and going through it. Um, that's what makes it fun. Um, but uh, And that's what makes the tournament so much fun is that I'm sure the committee kind of has, you know, some understanding now, but it's, it's when you get a school that maybe was on the bubble ends up winning it, or maybe was on the outside, you know, first four out, um, and ends up winning their conference tournament, which kind of changes everything. And I think the conference tournaments, you know, kind of starting tomorrow and then through the weekend, I mean, you can make a case that it's great basketball, that it is as much fun as what we see the following week, because it means so much to some of these schools to see if they have an opportunity to actually make it to the big dance. Yeah. Chuck Esposito joins us uh, over at uh, Red Rock. All right, so uh, keeping here in town, uh, we got the Pac-12 and we got the Mountain West, like we mentioned, the Big West as well, too. Uh, all intriguing tournaments. It does seem that the Pac-12 is definitely top-heavy this year with UCLA, then Arizona, but uh, then after that, you know, Chuck, and I don't know if we're going to see any upsets because the third, you know, place team is USC, but they're really, you know, not that intriguing this year. I think it's going to come down to UCLA and Arizona again, but UCLA has beaten Arizona twice. And it, it, if you look at the standings, it looks rather strange seeing Arizona in the second seed in this tournament with a 14 and six conference record. I mean, I don't think anybody you know, thinks of Arizona being a six loss team in conference because they really uh, are dominant and can be dominant. Yeah, I mean, you're right. T, and I think when, when you have a tough conference and you see where, you know, there isn't a, a whole lot of difference from top to bottom, you see that sometimes where you see a team or a school with, you know, more losses than you would think. And, and I agree with you. I, I, if you didn't know it, you'd say Arizona's record is much better than that conference wide. But I think again, that's what makes the tournament so much fun and so interesting to watch and what really captivates everybody when you've got some of these matchups and some of these smaller schools that are going to have a chance to maybe make some noise. I mean, Arizona overall still is 25 and 6. So, I mean, they still have the, the second most wins um, in the Pac-12, I think, after UCLA at around 27. So they still have a phenomenal record. They just, you know, their losses came in conference play, and those schools know each other more, you know, more and more every year. They, they know each other so well. It's rivalries, and sometimes that happens. But uh, I'm not overly concerned with Arizona's record. I still think they're, you know, a really good school and one of the top teams in the tournament. And that's exactly why I, I I really like Arizona and UCLA going into the tournament, Chuck, is because I think you know you're going to get to that unfamiliarity uh, with you know other teams about Arizona, and I think Arizona uh, is, is going to be a, a very dangerous out once they get to the big dance. Yep, I couldn't agree more with you, T. I mean, I think there's there's several schools like that that you know we can really break down, and once we know you know. Uh, 
everything that's going on and, and everything that uh, the show on Sunday, when we talk early next week, it's going to be fun talking about some of these kind of sleeper schools that based on matchups and regions and where we think they're at can make a little bit noise, more noise than what people think. And, and again, I think you're going to see a lot tighter and closer numbers um, than, you, than you've seen. I think every year that, that gap closes more and more, uh, which makes the tournament so much fun. All right, the Mountain West here. Uh, again, you got San Diego State, Boise State, Utah State, all three of these teams, uh, really kind of inseparable when you think about it, Chuck. And then you, know, you got Nevada at number four, but they really didn't close the regular season strong, losing to Wyoming and then losing to UNLV last weekend as well. So they're kind of limping in a little bit. Uh, give me some thoughts as you look at the Mountain West. Yeah, I think when you, when you look at, you know, Boise and Utah, but you kind of hit it, um, you know, on the head that you look at the records of all the teams, um, very, very close. Um, not, you know, uh, one team that's just been overly dominant. And I think even you look at, uh, some of the spreads early, I know San Diego State's a, a relatively bigger spread against Colorado State. Um, Nevada, not much against uh, San Jose State. Still waiting to see who Boise and Utah State play. But I think overall, from top to bottom, um, the mountain is really kind of tight. And, um, see, you know, if there's an upset or two in there, still kind of, I know Nevada kind of limped in, but still like the way they play a little bit. But uh, we'll see what happens over the next few days, T. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, he is Chuck Esposito over at uh, Red Rock. A fantastic job that uh, Chuck does over there and the entire staff, not only at Red Rock, but all of the other station casino properties and a great place to watch the games. And just think about it, Sunday, we've got Selection Sunday. That is is ready to roll. And then when we get into the madness, uh, starting, you know, for the bulk of it with the opening rounds on, on Thursday and Friday, that'll be fantastic. And then Chuck, you know, all the tournaments that we have here, the five, uh, conference tournaments we have, that's, as I like to say, just an appetizer because for the very first time, we've got the West regional final here, aka the, you know, the Sweet 16 down to the Elite Eight at T-Mobile Arena on May the 23rd and 25th. Uh, it's about time. It's great. But man, if we think that these conference tournaments are something special, wait till that weekend. Oh, T, I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, we saw what, um, you know, the, the, the Pac-12 football game out here when USC and, and Utah and, and what some of these UFC fights and what the NASCAR race and the Raiders and the Aces and the Knights draw. Um, having a, a West Regional out here like that, it's going to be crazy. And the five tournaments that we've had out here, you definitely see an uptick in handle across the board. So um, I love the fact that we're a sports mecca now, and, and every year it gets bigger and bigger with what we add. You know, of course, we've got Formula One come up in November as well. Um, again, I, I can't stress enough. Get signed up for SCN Sports. It brings the sports book to you. Still up to that $500 bonus going on. And, and don't forget about Last Man Standing, an opportunity to win $50,000. You got that right. Uh, great contest. And again, get the STN mobile app and sign up for Last Man Standing. $25 uh, for, uh, for an entry. And then you uh, spend 100 bucks, you get that, that bonus one. Right, Chuck? Absolutely, T. It's yeah. always nice to have that extra one going on. And again, it's just like the tourney. You win, excuse me, and you move on. You lose and you go home, but it's better to have five shots, of course, than one. Survive in advance, as they say, right? Survive in advance, buddy. There it is. All right, brother, we'll let you go. We appreciate the time, as always. Look forward to talking with you next week. 
All right, T. Thanks, buddy. You got it. There he is. Chuck Esposito, our guy. Fantastic guy. Uh, does a great job, uh, again, at uh, Station Casinos. Uh, spent a lot of time over at Sunset. He's been over at Red Rock the last couple uh, years, the hub for the Station Casino properties. Yeah, get signed up for the mobile app. Easy to use, the STN mobile app. And uh, the last man standing, always a fun contest. And, and be careful of what you do there because I know a lot of Guys will, and I've been guilty of this myself. When you do the last man standing, you're going to say, Oh, this game's a lock. I'm going to put that game on all five entries. They go bye bye. Well, thanks for the donation. You're done. So there is strategy involved in that no different than like than the survivor seer, uh, survivor that you have to do, uh, during, during football. But yeah, last man standing is, it, it's fun because again, you're thinking like, Hey, all I got to do is, you know, you know, pick, pick a winner here. It's kind of a crap crapshoot at this point, you know? It is. You don't have to have much skill or NBA or uh, NCAA college basketball knowledge like like me, the lack of it. The lack there. And I I bet I could do better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Why don't you put up $100 for me and you and we'll figure this out? Is that that what I should do? Yeah. It'll be an experiment. The TC Martin Show experiment. Really? Okay. Uh, Let's get a sponsor for that. Let's just say, though, uh, remember back in the day, I actually beat you at uh, college football pickums. So you did. In, in our best bet segment. Just you, saying. You did. You didn't just, just beat me. You, you beat others as well, too. I beat everybody. There it is. I won. All right. Maybe we'll have to get you back. You defend your championship from back in the day. <laughs> the crowd going crazy. There they are. You know, Chuck brought up the Formula One. You brought up the Formula One yesterday. And I don't get it. You know, I've never been a race car fan, whether, you know, maybe when I was a kid, I, you know, the Indy 500, I, it, was, it was very cool, but never been into the NASCAR or the Formula One. I'm just, people are going nuts about this, but from a betting perspective, is that going to get much handle betting? Because for the most part, people don't know who these drivers are. Maybe internationally, some betting on that. But yeah. wait, so so you actually went to the Indianapolis 500? No, I never went. I just uh, said, you know, I, I used to get up early morning. Okay, on, so on have Memorial you ever have you that. ever been to any sort of uh, professional motorsports at all? I have not. See, I have that's not. that's the problem. Yeah. It's like golf. It's like baseball. It's like some of these other sports yeah. where if you haven't done it, if you didn't play it, if you haven't attended a real life thing, mm-hmm. then you don't get it. And and you know, golf for a lot of people is the same way. Yeah. Uh, so you know. You really have to go to an event to really experience it, and then you get it. Do you wear headphones or earplugs when you go to a auto racing event? You know, I've never been to a, an Indy Formula One style. Yeah. I'm sure they're pretty loud when they're all together. You've been to the Speedway here, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Actually, I, yeah. I've covered it for media. Right. Um, I met the CEO and owner of Allegiant uh, Airlines because his son was actually racing in the truck car series, okay. uh, NASCAR. So, uh, you know, I've been to a couple uh, NCAA, or NCAA um, NHRA, yeah. the Top Fuel, the Funny Car. Those are pushing like 7,000, 8,000 horsepower. Mm-hmm. You literally feel it through your whole entire that's core. exactly what i heard i mean it shakes yeah. every single yeah. ounce of you it, there's nothing way there's no other way to explain it you have to it's, experience it you're a car geek and, though, and anyway it, you're a well car geek. i am i am but at yeah. the same time this is something that i've been exposed to all the many years back my uh friend's father used to bring us to the sprint cup races back in san jose you know the guys that get sideways on yeah. the dirt track and everything yeah. like that so uh you know i've always just a, me personally i've always liked supercross back in the day jeremy mcgrath and all those big names and everything like that uh john force the funny car so yes 
Uh, I've always liked it, but again, it's one of those things that you really you need to appreciate it by experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so people are really fired up about the Formula One that's going to come in November here. And uh, the trans- I would be too if we could afford it. The, the, the transformation that's going to go, you know, with the strip and then Bellagio, uh, all that oh, uh, there. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. That's one thing I don't look forward to is yeah. we already have the construction on the 15 from the Tropicana and all the other nonsense. All yeah. these people moving here. Yeah, <laughs> I know that really irks you, doesn't it? Yeah. Go back home. Yeah. Like a guy like you who moved here from NorCal. Hey, 23 years ago. At least I can say I've been here a, a mo- more than half my life. Oh, I, your grandfather didn't know. More, more, hey, if you, yeah. if you live here in Vegas for more than half your life, I think, you know, that you, that could say something. It does. But, you know, you still are rooting for the Sharks and all these, you know, San Jose states of the world and these ham and egg not, teams. Yeah. 49ers. You know, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to root for the Raiders. If, if I will root for VGK, of course. Yeah. Uh, until they play the the sharks, yeah. and then it's then my loyalty yeah. is back to yeah. You, we've had this conversation. You're a back sharks in the guy. Day. You still we, got the we, shark shirt, courtesy of me. Yes, I do. The, the jersey. Go there look up go. the YouTube uh, video. Go look up the YouTube video. Drive him there. Nick Nice on skates. Unbelievable in goal. What's the title until, of that thing anyway? I what was that title? It's it was. Uh, Hockey shootout, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ho- yeah it was like our, our TC hockey- Martin hockey shootout. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Let me, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna YouTube it right now. Yeah, so there you go. It. Look it up. You see Nick Nice in goal. There you go. I mean, uh, Robin Leonard could only wish to be Nick Nice <laughs> on skates. I'll say hey, that. Hey, you, you were pretty surprised how good I was. I was, and but who did I bet on? Uh, I bet on you. Oh, yeah, well, of absolutely. Course. You better. You're, I was your producer. That's it. You're my guy. That's it. All right. Uh, we come back. Sam Gordon will join us. We'll give you an update. UNLV Air Force going down to the final horn at the Thomas and Mack Center. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to the T.C. Martin Show. That's the beat. Don't forget to join us Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas. So, yes, it is the Superbook. Big Bill Cartwright in the house on Friday. Come on out. See the show live. Marco D'Angelo, one of our handicapper extraordinaires, of course. And then uh, Jay Cornegay, the vice president of sports book operations. As we get ready for our Friday show and then next week, Thursday and Friday, the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll be broadcasting live both days. Looking forward to that. And then Hoop Central. That is the Westgate's version of it all happening there at uh, the Westgate Las Vegas inside the International Theater. The 4K video wall. Um, all the games there. The betting stations and a whole lot more inside the food, the beverage, uh, fantastic atmospheres. Come on out. Check it all out at Hoop Central. You can get your tickets. They're only 40 bucks at Ticketmaster.com. And uh, just phenomenal atmosphere inside the International Theater there at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right. We love March Madness. Uh, as you know, years past uh, when we were at the Cosmopolitan, uh, Hoops and Hops, uh, fantastic. Um, now over at the Westgate. And... Uh, Believe that we're going to have just as much fun uh, over there at uh, Hoop Central as well, too. So uh, we'll be broadcasting live on that Thursday and Friday next week while the games are going on. So it'll be wild. It'll be crazy. It'll be a blast. So come on. Uh, and you can even make your reservations in the sports book there as well, too, if you like, uh, to get to one of the couches. But as we know, one of the most comfortable settings in all of Las Vegas is the world-famous Superbook uh, at the Westgate uh, Las Vegas. All right. So, uh, NCAA uh, tournament uh, action, you know, that, uh, you know, like we d- talked about with Chuck Esposito, as we have the selection Sunday coming your way, 
uh, this Sunday. So we'll get the brackets uh, involved with all that stuff. And, uh, you know, the conference tournaments right now are, are happening. So UNLV and Air Force opening round action today at the Thomas and Mack Center. We talked about this being a low-scoring game. It is. It's not over yet, even though they've played 40 minutes of basketball. Overtime. Rebels and Air Force, 57 all. UNLV was down one with eight seconds to go, shooting free throws, made one, missed one. And uh, so now we've got extra basketball coming your way with Air Force and UNLV. And uh, our guy who covers the Rebels, covers just about everything, fine columnist, as we know, is Sam Gordon. He's been checking all of this out uh, with uh, the Rebels in the opening round, the 7-10 seed matchup. Sam Gordon. Sam, what's going on, my man? TC, how you doing? Happy, uh, happy to be back on the program. A great <laughs> Time of year here in Las Vegas and in sports in general. Great time of year. Man, I, so I saw you from a distance uh, sitting uh, behind the basket in your little media perch. Uh, the semifinal game's on Monday, and I know that you were probably there last night as well for Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, we've talked about this before, Sam. We love the conference tournaments, uh, and it all tips off at the WCC, what they do there. Uh, the crowd that Gonzaga brings, uh, phenomenal. And man, they were in full throat last night as they just buried St. Mary's. This game was not even close. I don't know about you, Sam, but I really felt the St. Mary's, you know, was going to keep this game close, maybe even get a chance to win this game after seeing the way the season went down for both of these squads, especially considering that they split during the regular season, two very entertaining close games. And especially the way that, uh, you know, St. Mary's, you know, played in the semifinal, uh, against BYU where they held them off. Uh, and Gonzaga struggled a little bit with San Francisco, but man, throw that out the window. The Zags destroyed the Gales last night. Uh, 100% TC, and it really felt like a statement kind of win by the Zags, right? Now, now, they, they, I think some dude reaction. They weren't super happy. It was, this was business. This was a business trip. This was a trip to remind the West Coast Conference and the country at large that, yeah, maybe it's been an up and down season for Gonzaga. Maybe they don't have, a top three or top five NBA draft pick like they did the last couple of years with Chet Holmgren and, and Jalen Suggs. But this is still a veteran, experienced team, one of the best offenses in the country. A senior, Drew Timmy, who's as good as any big man in the country. Julian Strother, the Las Vegas native, who's emerged as one of the best wings in the country, has been a stabilizing force out there on the perimeter, averaging 15 a game. Wrote about him uh, for Tuesday's Review Journal. So uh, it was a professional workmanlike effort. They, they came here, they took care of business, uh, I thought, like you said, San Francisco uh, gave them a tough game. Maybe, you know, the layoff a little bit, a little anti the Zags. I thought they jumped out to a good start, but, but had issues protecting that lead a little bit in the middle of the game. But it was a professional way they closed that game, uh, the semis on Monday, and they carried that over into Tuesday's uh, championship. It was, a, it was an excellent performance. And uh, I think the, the Zags have as good a chance as anybody uh, at, at this time of year. It was a statement win against a very, very, very good St. Mary's team. Let's not forget. Like you mentioned, TC, how good they've been throughout the course of the season. Randy Bennett's group, methodical, precise, skilled. We know what they do, uh, and they just didn't look like they belonged on the floor with the Zags. So it was all, it was strictly business uh, for the Bulldogs, and Bracketology projects them to be in the West uh, Regional, which means they could be back at T-Mobile Arena uh, for the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. So it was a statement performance. 
reminding everybody that the Zags maybe not quite as loaded as they have been in the last couple of years, but still a player on the national level. Sam, you mentioned your uh, column on Julian Strother, a fantastic job that appeared Tuesday's Las Vegas Review Journal. And again, another local kid. And I love the way you, you hit the, the local aspect with a lot of these kids, no matter what the sport is. Uh, and Strother is, is a phenomenal player. What'd you learn about him? I mean, you know, playing at Liberty High School, coming through here, Vegas, and then being recruited by the Zags. He was recruited by a lot of other schools as well. But d- tell us what you learned about him. Well, there, there, he, he, he went into Gonzaga. Him and his family had a plan, right? You, and when you go to Gonzaga, they have a proven track record, you know, well before Julian Strother got there of, you know, developing players and con- competing at a high level. And it's a situation where, hey, maybe you go sit for a year like Julian Strother did his freshman year where he barely played on the team that ventured all the way to the national championship game. Uh, but, but he, he they, look, they trusted the process. I know that's kind of a cliche in sports these days, but they really did trust the process. I mean, he told me that this is kind of what he envisioned, going there, developing, taking his time, kind of graduating through the program where he's a, a complimentary player on a very good Gonzaga team last year. And now as a, as a junior, uh, try, you know, trusting in his coaching staff, there, kind of getting all the feedback he can at the NBA level and learning what he has to do to, to apply himself and, 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 and bolster his, his, his resume as a prospect, um, coming into the season, I mean, he's executed at every, you know, at every kind of at every role that he's been in. And this year, they've asked him to score more. Well, he's averaging 15 a game, and that a figure that ticked up to 17 in league play. He's more efficient uh, as a scorer, and uh, really grown TC and seeing him this week and just kind of throughout the season, he's really grown on the defensive end. I thought he worked hard defensively. Really tough matchup uh, on Monday night. Khalil Shabazz, the quick guard. Uh, from San Francisco, spent a lot of time on him, kind of chasing him around the floor. He's in top condition. Uh, the jump shot looks quick. It looks compact. Uh, shot better than 40% from, from deep this year. And, and he applied the feedback he got from scouts and executives at the next level that, you know, he needed to do a little bit more while still being efficient, still being precise, still being refined. And quite frankly, played the best basketball of his career. So, you know, he, he's, he's not a kid anymore, right? I think we all kind of remember him. You know, as the freshman at Liberty, you know, with his sister playing at, at UNLV at that time as, as the young, talented kid, uh, you know, that, that had all this potential. Well, he's, he's, he's put the work in. Uh, he had a plan in place when he went to Gonzaga, and he's executed and fulfilled a lot of that potential. So uh, I definitely expect him to, to get drafted uh, this summer as an NBA draft pick. He's 6'7". He shoots the three ball at a high clip, and, he, and he's shown – uh, that, that he can take feedback and coaching and improve. So uh, everything you kind of wanted to see that from, from him kind of going into Gonzaga, and he's executed the vision that he's had and is a key player on one of the best teams in the country. Right, Sam Gordon joins us, Las Vegas Review Journal. Sam, I know keep a close eye on UNLV, uh, not where they want to be on a Wednesday afternoon uh, playing a game uh, you know, as a number seven seed against a 10th seed Air Force team. Uh, overtime game you know, today. What have you noticed uh, about the Rebels, not just in this game, but just down the stretch here? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of the same issues we've seen throughout the course of league play have manifested themselves, um, you know, here today at times, TC, right? You don't have a lot of shot creation outside of EJ Harkless and, and other teams can, if they, if they want to, they can kind of dictate the tempo and dictate the way that the Rebels play. I mean, Air Force, from a talent perspective, you know, on paper, UNLV has a much better roster, and Air Force came in with a game plan. They slowed the game down, and not that UNLV is this fast-paced team with their personnel, but anyways, but they really uh, slowed things down and made it an ugly game and mucked it up, and, 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 and the rep, you know, they're kind of have been hanging in 
with the Rebels by, by, by beating them at their own game, per se. Now, UNLV, of course, leads by three at this point. There's still, still a few minutes left to play, but um, just, just not, you know, not the season that they wanted to have. Like you said, this is not the position that they wanted to be in, competing with, you know, going into overtime with an Air Force team that was below 500 uh, in, in overall in this, this year and obviously below 500 in league play. And if they do get by, now you're going to have to wonder how much, you know, how much juice they have uh, with, with a lot of minutes to your starters and a lot of minutes to keep players playing so many games in so many days. So uh, we'll see how things kind of wrap up here. But but after the, the non-conference start, you know, largely against a lot of tomato cans, right, T.C.? Uh, they, they haven't been able to carry that over to the Mountain West. I'm not saying anything that that anybody doesn't already know, but we've seen, I guess, some of the issues that, that, that they've had throughout the course of league play. They've manifested today. They still might might get it done uh, with, with their experience and with some key defensive stops down the stretch. I mean, I think it's a credit. I think some pride kicked in uh, at the end of regulation. You had a, a few stops, a few consecutive stops, and great execution, and E.J. Hart was getting the free throw line, but it's a, it's been a, it's been a, an up and down year for the Rebels. A lot of downs in, in league play and Mountain West play. And lo and behold, they're in the situation that they're in, kind of needing to fend off a pesky Air Force team that that looked like they were a little bit more prepared to play. I mean, so goes EJ Harkless, so goes the Rebels. It seems like, and again, you know, Harkless, uh, a one man show today. No other uh, Rebel in double figures, and and Harkless, uh, what, you know, at least twenty four points the last time I saw. It's just, yeah, it's a, it, it's a little bit crazy. And then on the flip side, you look at the Lady Rebels, what Lindy LaRock has done. I know you're a big fan of of hers and what the Lady Rebels are doing. They're playing for the championship tonight against uh, a Wyoming team. And do you kind of get the feeling a little bit, Sam, that that UNLV is seems to be trending in the direction of maybe a UConn or a Notre Dame or you know programs like that where they're more famous for the the women's programs more than the recent success of the men's program right now because right now I mean you're looking at a team that's won 20 games in a row they go undefeated in the Mountain West Conference and um you know we'd love to see them you know get a decent seed and we'd love to see them you know win a game or two or go a ways in the in the big dance but it just seems you know this season we're talking more about the Lady Rebels than we are the men's side no, we absolutely have been TC, and rightfully so. And Lindy LaRock, uh, I think, has done as as good of a job as anybody uh, in the country this year, and not just this year. TC has started right when, when she got the yep. job and establishing a culture, you know, building cohesion, building chemistry, and recruiting players uh, that fit the style that she wants to play, and then adjusting when when you have players with different skill sets that can also contribute. So this was a team last year that that won the Mountain West Championship, that won the Mountain West Tournament. And that gave Arizona, uh, TC, uh, an Arizona team that returned a lot of the, the players and an experienced group that from the 2021 run that the, the Wildcats made in the national championship, UNLV played them tough. And I think that kind of whole experience of last year really sealed this group. We, you know, we knew that Desiree Young, Essence Booker, Justice, Justice Etheridge were all coming back. Uh, Alyssa Durago, Durazo Frescas, you know, just, uh, Kiara Jackson, the list goes on and on. So many players. That, that contributed on last year's team coming back and, and, and you see the experience, how it's played out throughout the course of the season. The, the Rebels can win and the Lady Rebels can win any kind of game. And, and last night they had to kind of put all that experience together in a game where they didn't play well and figure out how to hold off a team down the stretch and how to execute when, and, and how to win when you don't have your best stuff. And I, I really thought last night's victory uh, was kind of a microcosm of, of, of the last year and a half. It's like, hey, this group, it just kind of figures out a way. They've, there's nothing they haven't seen. 
uh, both in the conference level and then on a national level, playing playing Arizona so well uh, and tough for, for for much of the game last year in in, in the NCAA tournament. They're experienced. Uh, they play together. There's chemistry. There's cohesion. Uh, they, they execute. It's crisp. And 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 even when it's not, you know, they can rely on their experience to win games like they did yesterday. So she's done. An absolutely remarkable job. It's been, it's been, you know, you've seen. I think the city rally around them a little bit, and 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 you know, gonna 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 see what what how they show up um, tonight in a really really big game. I think if you're the Lady Rebels, you have to be feeling confident with the way you were able to execute and hold off last night when you didn't have your best stuff. And you know, we saw what it looked like against a, a, a Reno team. You know, in the quarterfinals. Granted, tonight is going to be a lot tougher than then. But we saw what it looks like when they're firing, firing on all cylinders, when when shots are falling, when the ball is moving, when Desiree Young, who should have been the Mountain West Player of the Year, uh, who averaged 18 and 10 this year on 60% shooting and was all defensive team, yet somehow not defensive player or not Mountain West Player of the Year, when she's doing her thing down low, and it's they're they're really really hard to stop. So, uh, regardless of what happens tonight, this to me is is a, is a no doubt about it NCAA tournament uh, team. Even if they were to falter, they they represented represented the Mountain West. On a national level, they have you know one of the longest winning streaks uh, in, in the country, and, and have really uh, built a a strong program in Lindy Larocque's two plus years here. Right, not even three full years. Uh, she's completely transformed that program and turned it around. So uh, it could be another coronation tonight. I mean, back to I mean, back to back Mountain West championships, regular season and conference would be a heck of an accomplishment. But but as they showed yesterday, they're not perfect. There is some vulnerability there. I do expect them to play much better, and we'll see what that looks like against the Wyoming team uh, that knocked off Colorado State. The best part, Sam, I think, is that the UNLV is doing this with local kids, local high school uh, athletes as well, too. And we rarely see that, you know, anymore. I mean, we definitely don't see it on the men's side where you get the, the top athletes, uh, top basketball players to stay home. But Lindy LaRock has been able to do that. Even her predecessor, uh, Kathy Oliver, before that, for the most part, we've seen that. And I think that really resonates with this community. It's like, Hey, these are our high school girls. They're doing this at the collegiate level and they're a top 21 team. No, no question, TC. And, and, you know, you talk about Essence Booker, Spring Valley High School, Justice Etheridge, the powerhouse over there at Centennial, uh, and then Desiree Young at Desert Oasis, all in the starting lineup. I mean, the, the, the three best players on the team and all, you know, key contributors and faces of the program these last few years, uh, along with Lindy LaRock. So, yeah, I, I definitely think there's an appeal there, uh, being that the, 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 the production on the court is being driven uh, by local players. And, look, we'll see what, what happens uh, this ensuing offseason, I know there's going to be interest from the Power Five um, programs that in Lindy LaRock, why wouldn't there be? She should be on top of everybody's list. I mean, other programs with vacancies, um, should, if they're doing their due diligence, would be wise to give her a call. But I, I don't. I also don't think it's with it with with outside the realm of of possibility that you know UNLV becomes a destination place to play. Right, like these programs. All have to start somewhere. I granted, look, they're still in the Mountain West and still a mid-major conference, but you know, a program can't be an elite program until it becomes elite, right? I know, I, and I know you get what I'm saying. And so far, with with the resources she's had at UNLV and the opportunity that she's had to build out her program, they've they've maximized everything that they've had. So uh, I think they're still um, as good as they've been. There, there's upside here. There's upside here, and 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 we'll see again how things go. Um, tonight, but this is a team that I think in the national tournament can give, uh, depending on how they're seated and what the matchup looks like, they, they, they can definitely are more than capable with their experience, 
uh, of winning a game, and, and then we'll see what happens beyond that. So a lot of things um, have to go the right way, but but you're 100% right. Local talent um, kind of driving the way, and, and the Lady Rebels are becoming a, a local attraction, and rightfully so, as they play uh, Wyoming tonight in Mount West Championship at, at Thomas and Mack Center. All right, Sam, where are you spending your weekend? Like I say, you're going to be over at T-Mobile a little bit, going to be the Thomas and Mack, going back and forth. What's the dealio? Yeah, I'm going to be back in fourth TC. Well, you know, it looks like um, the, the Rebel men uh, have, have, have established a little bit of separation, playing a, a good overtime period. So uh, if they hang on, I'll be out there tomorrow checking them out. And then, I'll, of course, I'll be out at, at the Pac-12 uh, this weekend, too. Uh, You're going to get a look at a, a really good UCLA team, a really good Arizona team. So a lot of moving parts. Vegas, uh, one, one of the metropolises and the epicenters of college basketball this particular week. And then, you know, we're only a couple weeks away from from a regional final here. And, uh, you know, the the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, who would have imagined that, you know, 30 years ago and, and kind of a precursor and a predecessor to the Final Four. So it, it'll be super interesting uh, to kind of see how everything shakes out. But, yeah, I'll be a little, a little bit of Mountain West uh, men this week after Mountain West women and then Pac-12 on Saturday for the championship game. It should be a great time. Uh, a lot of top talent in town and a, a, always a fun time of year here uh, in Las Vegas, for sure. All right, check out his great work uh, in the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Sam Gordon, the columnist, Sam Gordon. Uh, great stuff uh, there as well, and go online and check it all out. Uh, Sam, appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, we look forward to seeing you over the weekend. Have a good one, brother. I appreciate it, TC. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Take you, care. You got that right. Sam Gordon, one of our favorites. Uh, again, a great writer um, and really covers everything from a Las Vegas perspective, whether it's uh, the college basketball, it's UNLV, the football side, or the Raiders, or, of course, uh, the boxing that uh, we spend a lot of time ringside, Sam and I, uh, have over the the last few years. All right. Uh, tomorrow we're uh, back at it again. Scott Spritzer will join us, uh, as we start talking handicapping these conference, uh, tournaments and look forward to selection Sunday. Of course, Friday out at the Westgate, uh, Las Vegas. So look forward to all that. I want to thank Olden Polonese for joining me today. Always good talking to OP, talking about his days, uh, back at Virginia NCAA tournament that run they had when he was a freshman going to the final four. Uh, and also all the other great stuff that uh, OP has done uh, as a player and a coach. That website will be up, uh, or rather I should say that interview will be up on the website at tcmartinshow.com a little bit later on. Thanks to Sam Gordon. Thanks to Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock talking about the betting side of the tournament and these conference tournaments as well, too. My man Nick Nice, appreciate you, my man. We rock and roll again tomorrow. Yes, sir. Real quick, I wanted to hear real quick. Yeah. Nick Nice on the T.C. Martin Show. Tonight, he's Nick Not-So-Nice. He'll be in goal trying to stop the wrecking ball from crushing down the wall between the pipes. How great is that? My man Frank. How great is that? As I called him in that episode, Icebox Frank. Uh, He didn't like that. I love that. That was so great. That was great. Nick Nice in goal. Winner. You got that right. All right. Appreciate everyone for joining us. Wherever you get your podcast, go get it at T.C. Martin Show. Dot com or anywhere else. Have yourself a good one. We'll reconvene tomorrow at 2.